Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Week 69 of the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. What are we... 92 days inside, 92 days, depending on when you're listening to this podcast to the election. President wants to postpone it, wants to cancel mail-in ballots, says he's going to do an executive order. Can't do that. Let's start the show. We are now the defenders of the stronghold of democracy and of equal opportunity. You and I as citizens have the obligation to shape the debate's of our time, not only with the votes we cast, but with the voices we lift. The people are looking for honest answers, not easy answers. The very word secrecy is repugnant. Clear leadership. And we are as a people. Not false claims and evasiveness and politics as usual. Opposed to secret society. But ours was a nation of the battle, not the bullet. And a secret pursuit. As a people, we cannot afford to let any group of citizens or any individual citizens live or labor under conditions which are injurious to the commonwealth. Black, white, Latino, Asian, Native American, young, old, gay, straight, men, women, folks with disabilities, all pledging allegiance under the same proud flag to this big, bold country that we love. That's what I see. That's the America I know. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. There is nothing wrong with America that cannot be cured by what is right with America. I mean, Republicans, we used to be all about state rights. For all of those people waving their Confederate flags out there saying it's all about state rights, now the president is once again saying that he can do things he can't do. Elections are run by the states. Now, he can go to court and try to stop something like anybody else. But elections are run by the states. And the President of the United States cannot, by executive fiat, determine how states run their elections. So when I see the President of the United States on Monday saying that, oh, I'm considering an executive order, this is based on a question thrown to him by that most serious of news outlets, OAN. (laughs) Uh, You know, I'm sorry, Mr. President. And And I'm sorry, Republicans, you... You used to say that states' rights mattered to you. It used to be a thing. I mean, we've talked about this in the terms of the president sending his, you know, goon squads to Portland and threatening to send them in other places. He's kind of backed off that somewhat. But I still haven't heard from Rand Paul. Like like Rand Paul, who used to complain about drone strikes in the Middle East and that how that wasn't authorized. And, And I kind of agreed with him about it. Where is he now? Where are all these great states' rights conservatives that used to cry foul 
uh, you know, particularly when, when it came to Obamacare and other things that they would say that Obama and other Democrats and even Republicans sometimes were, were shoving down the throats of the states. Where are they now? Elections are run by the states. The president cannot by executive order do anything, especially in an election that he is a participant in. I'm sorry, we are backsliding towards totalitarianism. And if you're not worried about it, you better wake up and start worrying because this is not the way democracies behave. Um, We are pretending right now that we're still this great beacon of hope and justice in the world when it comes to a demonstration of what a democratic republic could be. I I am uh, blown away right now by not by just by the president's actions. I, I this is what I've come to expect from the president of the United States. I'm blown away by the lack of outrage by conservatives. And I know I've been saying this now for, you know, if you've been listening to me from the beginning, 69 weeks, and I've been getting a lot more emails lately, and I appreciate them. Uh, you know, go to ChristopherHahn.com. Uh, there's a link there to email me and I know the website hasn't been updated in a while. I got to have somebody do that, but, uh, ChristopherHahn.com or tweet at me at Christopher Hahn on Twitter. If you share this on Twitter, uh, make sure you tag me so that I can retweet it and thank you. But, uh, I've been getting a lot more questions, uh, about what's going on, about the election, about what the president can and cannot do. Look, I mean, the Constitution is pretty clear about what the president can or cannot do. The question is, how are we going to stop him? You know, where is the line and how does it end? Look, the president wants to delay the election. The Constitution makes it very clear that on January 20th, 2021, he will no longer be president of the United States unless he is elected, reelected, according to the Constitution, winning winning 270 electoral votes and being confirmed by uh, the, uh, the Electoral College and then ultimately the Congress. Barring that, his term will expire on January 20th, 2021. So if he wants to delay this in court past that date, by all means, Mr. President, go ahead. We'll have President Nancy Pelosi. Because this is, you know, look, we have all these thoughts in our head. Um, I think that we all feel this way. That on election night, Donald Trump will be leading in all these states and he'll claim victory. I don't believe that's true. I believe on election night, he'll be trailing in key states like Florida, like Wisconsin, like Michigan, maybe North Carolina, Arizona, Pennsylvania. He'll be trailing. Democrats are more about the early vote and the same day vote than the mail-in vote. Let's be clear. The mail-in vote for most of the country is absentee ballots. And Republicans are more likely to vote absentee than Democrats are. Remember, Republican voters tend to be older. They'll have more of a fear of COVID-19 than Democratic voters. 
and they tend to be set in their ways. Now, the president's outrage towards mail-in vote, and I know that over the last couple of weeks, I'm sure you've been paying attention to this clear pivot. The president has pivoted to saying, oh, no, absentee ballots are okay because Republican consultants from around the country probably have been reaching out to uh, the president's team and saying, hey, how are we going to run campaigns the way we normally run campaigns with absentee ballots? So he's kind of tried to make the distinction, but he still confuses it. Uh, On Monday at his press conference when he was talking about how bad mail-in ballots were, look at what's happening in New York. New York doesn't have mail-in ballots. New York had absentee ballots. Were there more absentee ballots in the primary because New York was in the middle of, literally in the middle of the pandemic during the campaign? Yes. I mean, I voted absentee. I think it might have been the first time in my life I voted absentee. And New York has a deliberative process to count absentee ballots. And there usually aren't 40 or 50,000 absentee ballots in a congressional race. There's usually like 5,000. And even if there's 5,000, I've been involved with a recount in a congressional race. And in that race, there were about 4,000, maybe 5,000 absentee ballots. And it took us two weeks to count them. Because both sides have lawyers, you look at the signature, you weigh it against the the list, and you can challenge it. And sometimes there are multiple challenges, and it goes to court. That's the New York process. It's not because we didn't get the ballots in the mail on time. No, it's because New York has a slow process that doesn't anticipate there being 45,000 ballots. And in a close race, like the congressional race in Manhattan that the president keeps referencing, it might take some time because there's going to be lots of challenges. I don't think it's going to take us a long time in the state of New York to figure out who won the presidency. I can call it right now. It won't be Donald Trump. Now, there might be states around this country that are tight on election night, and the count might take a little bit of time, and we're going to have to be patient. President of the United States won't be patient. I think it's very important, Democrats, that we're winning on election night. So if you can go out and early vote, do it. If you're in a state where there's early voting, vote early. Uh, You know, I know that there's fear of COVID-19. Put on a mask. Put on some gloves, go in and vote. Tell other people to do it too. I think that there's a lot of energy to get rid of Donald Trump. I know a lot of people talk to me. They've emailed me about this too. They're not excited about Joe Biden. I get it. Joe Biden is a generic Democrat, and that's probably what we need to beat Donald Trump nationally. But that doesn't matter. There's a lot of excitement to beat Donald Trump. And I think that's just as good if you ask me. So, yeah, I anticipate this president whining and complaining about the election up until the election. And even after the election, as the count probably is going to drag out for a couple of weeks in some parts of the country, he will complain about it then. But let's make sure he's losing the entire time. Let's make sure he's losing the same day vote and the absentee vote. And look. I think that a lot of Republicans who like to vote absentee are not going to vote absentee this year because the president confuses absentee voting with mail-in voting, and so will they. So will they. 
And that's a good thing, too. I mean, could you imagine being a Republican operative in the upper peninsula of Michigan, a place where people are very likely to uh, use mail-in ballots because it's rural and it might be far to get a polling place in November, could be tricky weather-wise. So maybe they use an absentee ballot. And uh, if you're a Republican operative for years, you know who gets those absentee ballots. You do a specific campaign to those absentee ballot uh, regulars. I've done it. I've done campaigns to absentee ballots. People we know, there are, you know, there are 5,000 or so. You know, I've been in districts where there are 5,000 or so permanent absentee ballot recipients. People who get an absentee ballot every year. They don't always turn them in, but they get them every year, year after year. And you do a campaign to them, a specific campaign to get them to vote for you early. Because you know when those those absentee ballots go out, you do that campaign. Could you imagine being a Republican operative right now doing that absentee ballot campaign? I've seen pictures of people in Michigan burning their absentee ballot. And by the way, um, the president also confuses absentee ballot applications, which in New York State they mailed to everybody, versus absentee ballots. New York State did not mail a ballot to me. They mailed a ballot application to me. And I filled out the application and I sent it back. I got my ballot and I sent that back. And look, we have a long, slow process here in New York. And I I don't know how long and slow the process is going to be in other parts of the country. But there's going to be a process and the ballots will be counted. And this is America, the greatest democratic republic that has ever been. And we know how to do elections here. And we count ballots. And there isn't the kind of fraud that the president claims there is. And he has no proof. He offers no proof of widespread fraud. He'll cherry pick an example here and there. And quite frankly, to the extent that there has even been attempts at widespread election fraud, it's been Republicans that have perpetrated it and been caught. He doesn't show us anything like that. He's saying that it takes a long time. Okay. Look, this isn't about the Super Bowl, Mr. President. This is about getting it right. This is about getting it right. So here's what I believe. And I'm going to say it again for effect. I believe the president's going to lose this election. That doesn't mean I say don't work. That means work hard. Work really, really hard. I'm just trying to figure out where I'm going to go work. I mean, I you know, th- th- this virus scares me, so maybe I'll stay home and work from home for a state. But I was planning on getting on the road this year. Work hard, but he's going to lose. And let's make sure he's losing both in the mail-in vote and the same-day vote and the early vote. This is his problem. He's going to want to cry and complain about how long it's taking, and he's going to want to stop the count. But I could envision a situation where this guy on election day is saying, let's wait till the votes are counted. Because he's going to be losing. I think that it's... Look, the polls have started to break. And I get they might narrow. I get people might, you know, come home. I don't know. Whatever. And I hear these Republicans. I'm on conservative media. I was on with Sean Hannity on Monday. And he keeps on talking about best economy. I'm sorry. It's not February. It's August. And we don't have the best economy 
ever in this country. In fact, we have the worst economy since the Great Depression. And quite frankly, if Congress doesn't get its acting gear, we're going to have another Great Depression on our hands. I don't think it'll last as long, but it'll be as bad for at least a short term. No, you know, Ronald Reagan didn't ask, are you better off? Were you better off in February than you were four years ago? He asked, are you better off now than you were four years ago? I don't know. Look, I'm doing well financially. I can't complain. I haven't been hit financially by this crisis. Thank God. But I can't even even in that regard, I can't say I'm doing better now than I was four years ago. I don't know about you, but this is getting to me, this pandemic. I'm bored. I want to go somewhere. I want to go out to a movie. I want to, you know, travel. I want to see my friends regularly. I want to watch my kid play sports. I want to do things that I used to do. So I don't know about you, but I'm pretty confident I can answer the question for you. You're not better off now than you were four years ago. I don't know. Anybody who says they're better off now than they were four years ago is lying. Anybody who tells you that is lying. And the president wants us to believe that people are going to vote based on what this country was doing in February. What about what we're doing now? We're in the middle of the crisis. What's your plan to get us out of the crisis? There is no plan. That's why he's going to be losing on election night, after election night, before election day. He could cry and complain all he wants about mail-in ballots. On election night, he's going to say, let's wait till all the votes are counted because he's going to be down so bad in the same day vote, it won't even matter. He won't try to stop the vote. He's going to need every single vote counted. And he's still going to lose. Let's be very clear about that. This man is going to lose no matter what. He's going to try to steal it. We can't let him. We cannot let him. These press conferences he's doing every day, I feel like I'm watching, I mean, I, I feel like I'm watching a dictator trying to tell him, tell his people that everything's okay. The problem, as we said a couple of weeks ago, he's being fact-checked by God. Everybody knows what's going on. Everybody can look around and see what's going on. Just take a drive down the street. Go to see if your favorite restaurant's open. I just read an article. Look, if I seem a little fired up right now, those of you who know me and love me, Know that I love to eat. And the thing I like to eat the most in this world is ice cream. And the place I like to get that ice cream more than any other place on the planet is a place called Hildebrand's. It's in Nassau County. They make their own ice cream from scratch in the shop. It's fantastic. It's the best ice cream I've ever had. And I've had ice cream all over the world. Well, all over the United States and Italy and Canada and Mexico and a couple of islands. But I've had a lot of ice cream. And they make a damn good ice cream at Hildebrand's. And right before I started recording this podcast, I got several texts from several friends that tells me Hildebrand's will be closing their doors soon. That really bothers me. Am I better off now than I was four years ago? Four years ago, I could go to Hildebrand's and get a scoop of chocolate chip Hot fudge. They put it on the side because they don't want to melt the ice cream. It was beautiful. I can't do that pretty soon anymore. And that really makes me sad. Am I better off now than I was four years ago? Are you better off now than you were four years ago? Are the owners of Hildebrands better off now than they were four years ago? I don't know their politics. I really don't. 
But I know they're not better off now than they were four years ago. Times are tough. Things are falling apart. Things we love are going away, and they might not ever come back. And it's this guy's fault, and he's got no plan to stop the bleeding. Hildebrand should have survived on the PPP. They should have survived. Well, their PPP is expired by now, I'm sure. And what are they going to do? What are they going to do? How are they going to survive Use, you know, getting 10%, 15% of the business that they're normally ha- used to having? It's a sad state of affairs, America. A really sad state of affairs. Love that place. <laughs> I really do. All right, I've got an excellent guest for you coming up. Jill Weinbanks, uh, you know, perfect timing because there was all sorts of legal news happening last week and this week, um, you know, and we talk about all of it quickly in this interview. Uh, Jill Weinbanks, you see her on MSNBC. She has, she was a prosecutor, a special prosecutor during Watergate. Uh, and she's been on the show before, so listen to this break. Then I got Jill, and then I'll be back to wrap it up. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. Sometimes things just work out, right? I, I called up somebody who I respect last week, and I said, can you come on the show? And today, I have Jill Weinbanks at a most opportune time. How are you, Jill? I'm excellent. Uh, the news is partly good today. I mean, there's a lot of bad news. Yeah. I, I mean, I the republic might be collapsing, but... <laughs> well, just because democracy might end. Yes. Um, I, I'm actually hopeful today because you had Republicans actually standing up to the president and saying, no, there will be an election in November. Yep. And yep. that's that's really good news, is that they aren't buying into this nonsense. I will be happy if they are still saying it three weeks from now, because this is I've been down this road before with these guys. They are against him. Against him, against him, and then all of a sudden they flip. And this is a really big thing for them to flip on. It's true. And, you know, the one thing is, I think we have to start, I I tried starting on Twitter something called Say This, Not That. Right. Let's not forget to use the words that really apply, like, he lies. Yeah. He isn't misleading us. He's lying. Lying. Let's not be hesitant to say that we are facing a fascist dictator, someone who will end democracy to get his own way and to rule in the way he wants, who's friends with other dictators and doesn't support people who oppose him, who are actually leading other democracies. 
I mean, I think we have to start saying what it is and saying it could happen here. I know all my life, I, oh, well, what happened in Germany could yeah. never happen here. Yeah. Yes, it could. It could. And it, 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 it relies on good people to stand up, people who might seem to be with him right now, to stand up and say no. And there are some that are doing that uh, consistently. Uh, but there are others who just... You know, they're wishy-washy. And, you know, when a president says he's going to cancel or postpone the election, we need to remind him that on January 20th at 1201, he is no longer president of the United States unless he wins re-election. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that he may be going farther than even his most loyal supporters will tolerate. Yeah. Maybe this could be the end of his his reign and that's what it is um and i i do think that there are moderate republicans and independents who will be moved to vote for joe biden because of his behavior now yeah and it's getting crazier and crazier his his new doctor about hydrochloroquine and, yeah um you know the numbers aren't so bad they're terrible yeah the numbers are worse than any other country and you know, we're seeing more and more people of prominence die of COVID. He lost a supporter who was at his rally in Tulsa, who exactly. probably caught it there, quite frankly. They weren't wearing masks in Tulsa. Right. So Herman Cain may be a result of that. And everybody else who was there, who came anywhere near him, should be very, very worried. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Louis Gohmert with his, uh, you know, and then he's yeah. blaming the mask. I mean, these people are just insane. But I, I mean, I, I, I mean, what can we do if this president tries to postpone the election? Now, I know that most states are going to say, screw you, we make elections. We're going to have our election. Um, you know, there might be a red state here or there like Florida that might try to not have an election. Uh, but what do we do? You know, that's one of the hardest questions to answer because our laws have been based on having sane people who abide by the law in office. Yeah. And now things that were norms that you would never have questioned would be a problem are now being ignored. And so I think the next administration is going to have to start looking at what norms do I need to pass legislation yeah. to enact into you know, something that would be a crime not to. I think the Democrats in September should introduce a package called the Trump reforms, just like we had the Watergate reforms uh, after Nixon. Uh, We need to have multiple things that we thought every president should do that they clearly don't have to, that they don't clearly don't have to do by law. Um, Like, like, you know, work with Congress on oversight. (laughs) You know, I mean, that would be one. And I, I agree with you completely. And Part of that reform package should be bringing back the Watergate reforms. Yeah. Um, Things like Citizens United, which undid the limits on campaign contributions that were so essential, because if we can go back to Watergate for a second, if the president, Richard Nixon, hadn't had so much excess money that was not linked to any particular person, because you didn't have to report who it came from, There would have never been a break-in because they would have never spent legitimate campaign funds on such a silly thing. Right. But they had cash in safes. Cash. They didn't have to take – they could take bags of cash, and they did. And so that's how come there was a break-in is that they had too much money 
and they were able to say, well, yeah, go ahead. Uh, the original proposal for the break-in was a million dollars. The attorney general said, that's too much money. He didn't say it's illegal, <laughs> right. stupid. He said it's too much money Right. the budget. Right. So they cut the budget, and he approved it. Right. And by the way, uh, if you haven't picked up Jill's book yet, Watergate Girl, it's available wherever you get books. Go on Amazon. Great book. Great author. Jill lived through this before. She was one of the original you know, crusaders for democracy that helped save this nation from Richard Nixon back in the Watergate era. So go out and make sure you check out Jill's book. Uh, I always want to give you a plug because I really do appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate that. And the truth is we're in worse shape now than we were then because ultimately Richard Nixon believed in the rule of law and believed and accepted an act on the norm. Yeah. So when the Supreme Court ordered him to turn over tapes... He did. did. Yeah. Yeah, I doubt that this president ordered Richard uh, Donald Trump to turn over his tax returns, and he's still fighting it. Right, 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 right. Well, the court did give him an out, right? But it's uh, you not know, really an out. And and honestly, I don't know why the New York court isn't acting faster. Um, when we subpoenaed tapes for the trial, it was in April. In July, the Supreme Court had already ruled. Yeah, and. We got the tapes immediately, and August 4th, he was out of office. Yeah. Signed. So there's no reason that they—the issue that is before the court again are the normal things that you would complain about if you got a subpoena. It's too broad. Yeah. It asks for things that I don't have to give you. Those are things that are easily uh, assessed by a court— and could be done in days. Yeah, I don't understand why it's... able to give the answer and give the documents immediately so that we all, uh, not we, because we won't see them, but so that the prosecutor can see them and possibly return indictments before it gets into a, a time period that would interfere with the election. Yeah, and we're up, we're up against it now. I mean, I would say it's a 30-day time limit at this point. But, you know, we both know. Uh, well, Jill. We're 100 days away, a little less than 100 days away. I'd say you still have two months left in which to we, take some action. We both know that in October, Bill Barr is going to indict somebody that's a yes. Democrat, right? Yes. He's probably going to yes. indict Hunter Biden. He'll probably name Joe Biden as an unindicted co-conspirator. He'll do something like that. We know that's going to happen. I mean, well, I, I'm, I'm preparing the way for that right now. I'm telling everybody, get ready. He's indicting somebody, and Joe Biden will be somehow named in that indictment. Well, I think one of the questions they didn't probe enough when um, Barr was testifying this week was, what October surprise is going to happen? Yeah. What is Durham doing? Why is he still investigating? Yep. That's dead. There's nothing there. We know that. Well. Why haven't you closed it? They're going to make, some, they're gonna make something up. Trust me on that. Let's continue talking for a minute about this. I, I thought the hearings on uh, Tuesday with the attorney general or Wednesday, all the days mixed together to me now. I, I thought the attorney general hearings were a failure. I think the Democrats didn't have a plan going into that hearing, and they allowed him basically to, to get off the hook. Well, I don't quite think so. I think that um, he's a he. We're referring to Barr because yep. it could have also been Trump. Yeah. Um, that. He is a devious and destructive person in terms of justice and the Department of Justice, and that he has taken so many actions that have hurt what should be the fair prosecution of crimes uh, in America. Yeah. And 
going so far beyond even anything you could expect, which is ordering troops into Lafayette Square. Yeah. Just, you know, we're not talking about U.S. Marshals only that are in his jurisdiction. Um, It's really very scary to me what's going on. But we knew from the day that he uh, submitted his audition memo that he had this very broad view of what the president could do. Yeah. Unlimited power, unitary executive authority. Yeah. And he is very carefully going about making all of it happen. And he won't answer questions like, can the president delay the election? Well, that's absurd. Everybody knows that you can't. The 20th Amendment sets a date, and he's out of office on the 20th of January. Right. Unless he is reelected. Right. And if there's no election... And in our, our whole history, there's never been a time when we haven't had an election. And today we heard on MSNBC quotes from Lincoln about even in the middle of the Civil War having it. Yep. And we heard almost all the speakers at John Lewis's funeral, including President Obama, say, if you want to respect and show something for his legacy, vote. Yeah. That's the last thing that he asked was that people vote. Yep. And, of course, that means voting for Joe Biden. But it also means voting down the road blue, because Joe Biden, without a blue Congress, is not going to get the things done that he will otherwise get done. You can't have the gridlock that we've had in the Obama administration. And we also all have to pray for Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yes, we do. God almighty. Do I have to have another story every day about her going to the hospital? No. I, I mean, we need her to be alive on January 20th. Yep. That's all I can say. Yeah. I mean, this, the, look, I don't know why more Republicans are not speaking out against what's happening here today. I mean, this president, and, you know, he tweeted it out. And I, when I originally saw the tweet, I'm like, okay, the economic numbers are horrible. Uh, another 1.5, 1.5 million people apply for unemployment benefits this week. Uh, the economy con- contrast contra- uh, collapsed in the second quarter. Con- uh, why am I why am I having a hard time <laughs> contract? I can't say contract. What's wrong with me? Thirty nine percent, which is like you know unheard of in in history. I mean, it's worse than the Great Depression. Um, horrible economic news, and I was like, ah, he's distracting. And then he has his press conference. At 5.30 on Thursday, and he, he doubles down on it. He goes yep. right back to it. Yep. And he's like, yeah, no, I could cancel and, and the election. And he said how sad he was to lose Herman Cain, but he has said nothing about John Lewis or the 150,000 other yeah. victims of COVID. Um, I mean, what are his values? Well, I, actually, I guess we know what his values are, and they don't include any of us. Yeah, And I, I, I it's just sad to me that he could be getting away with the things he's already getting away with. Um, and what's happened to the Emoluments Clause case? Yeah. Where is that? <laughs> Why is he still making profit off of a lease from the government? Why is he when- making profit when he goes golfing at his own resorts? I mean, yeah, this, is exactly. all, this is nonsense. I, yeah. I, I mean, we could talk about this and these crimes all night, but I only have a few more minutes with you, and i got to get to this Michael Flynn ruling today. Yes. By the en banc uh, Court of Appeals. Um it's uh, a, a huge victory for people who oppose Trump, frankly. Um, I mean, although it might be a, a purient victory because he'll just pardon the guy. Um, it, it seems to me that that court did not buy 
Barr's argument? Well, that seems very clear that it didn't, and it shouldn't, because Barr's argument seemed to me to be nonsense. And you're right, the president could, of course, just say, I'm pardoning him, but that leaves him as what he is, which is a convicted felon. He pled guilty. He is guilty. Yes. The evidence is clear. It also means there's hopefully some political consequence for pardoning, which you don't get if the case is just dropped. Right. And the only reason for doing this, but you know, you have to say it's not sensible, but why would you commute Roger Stone's sentence, you know, after you get the sentence reduced to almost nothing? Yeah. Why yeah. make Barr go through something that caused members of the career prosecution team to quit the Department of Justice rather than sign off on this reduced recommendation? Why do that and make the department look so bad and Bill Barr look so bad if you were going to do this anyway? I, I think he wanted to spend a lot of time on the phone with Roger Stone. I mean, Roger Stone, I feel like the campaign that is being run right now could have been Nixon's campaign to the extent there is a campaign, right? Where he's yeah, he's doubling yeah. down on the suburban, you know, white oh, flight so thing. Awful. Yeah. I mean, that's Nixon. This is Nixon's campaign strategy. It's almost a Southern strategy, but he's running in the suburbs. It's, it's Exactly. And, and everybody understands what he's saying when he says the yeah. suburbs will be ruined. Yeah. It means that it'll be a diverse community. Right. And, um, I mean, I, I personally have chosen to live in a suburb that is a diverse community. And the reason I picked this suburb, uh, Evanston, is because it is a diverse community. Yeah. And I think that that is the richest part of our lives, is to live that way. Um, Donald Trump has always been against integrated housing. He had a civil rights case brought against him when he was uh, barring uh, African Americans from renting in buildings that he had. Um, And, you know, it's not like we don't know who he is. Yeah. We do. When people show you who they are, we got to believe them. Jill, I'm running out of time with you. I, oh, God. This, we it, have to do this more often. We do. I mean, you're too good at this. You know you know what you're talking about, America, and you've got history on your side. Make sure, America, you pick up her book, Watergate Girl, available wherever books are stole, sold. You're on Twitter, too, at Jill Weinbanks. Jill, Jill Weinbanks on Twitter. It's yeah. perfect. And she also has a Twitter account for her pins. So <laughs> she does. Tag Jill's pins. There you go. Jill, it's always awesome. Thank you so much for doing this for me. And thank you for standing up for America and all you've done. All right, that's Jill. I'll be right back to wrap it up. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free.
I gotta tell you, I, I love talking to people who actually have lived through things. And I've seen this before. It makes me hopeful that we're gonna get through this, quite frankly, because she's seen Watergate. But again, Nixon had respect for the institutions. If the court said no, Nixon said, okay. Uh, the court said, give you, give, hand over the tapes. He handed over the tapes. This guy, not so much. So let's see what goes on here uh, the next couple of months. 92 days, T-minus 92 days, because I'm sure a lot of you are listening to this uh, not on Tuesday, because I do have uh, a good a good bunch of you that listen to it uh, on other days, which is great, and I love it. Uh, it's fantastic. Growing every week. Keep telling your friends. Uh, last week was my number one week. We had Anthony Scaramucci. I got a lot of emails about the mooch. Uh, everybody loves the mooch. Uh, the mooch. The mooch is good. The mooch is good. Doing a Seinfeld. I can't. I don't know. So, yeah. Next time somebody tells you, oh, Trump had the best economy, the best thing. It's are you better off now? Not in February. Now. Are you better off now? I don't care what the numbers were in February. It's like running a marathon and saying, I did the best for the first 20 miles. Give me a medal. Like, this is the thing, right? Don't, I don't want to get off on too much of a rant here. Okay, I'm trying to have a nice, tight pod this week. My pods have been going over an hour. Uh, but I'm trying to keep it that keep it under an hour this week. Um, I'm trying to have a ni- nice, t- tight pod. But the Republicans for years have been, you know, complaining, oh, the Democrats want everybody gets a trophy culture. Now, I, I've never been like that. I'm not a big everybody gets a trophy. But this is the guy in the White House, the biggest whining little baby in the White House. Give me a trophy for the first three years of my presidency where I took an economy that was booming, that was handed to me by Barack Obama. And, you know, three years later, destroyed it, completely destroyed it. I, you know, walk around New York City, okay? It's not a, it's, it, you know, it's it's not a, a chaotic scene like this president tries to describe, but it is a depressing scene for those of us who love New York City, um, loved New York City, you know, circa 2020, 20, you know, January 2020, when it was a bustling with life and activity and restaurants and noise. That's gone. Are you better off now than you were four years ago? I'm not giving you a trophy, Mr. President, for what you did for your first three years because you didn't do much anyway. I want to know what your plan is to get us back there because I haven't seen it. August 1st, we were supposed to get a good health care plan for you. Where's that? I know you were golfing on August 1st. By the way, how hilarious is it that the president says he doesn't have time to go throughout the first pitch at Yankee Stadium but the Yankees actually didn't want him to throw out the first pitch at Yankee Stadium. So they never asked him. It's just, it's just, the guy lies about little things. He lies about everything. Every word out of his mouth's a lie. Next time a Republican says, well, Obama said if you like your plan, you could, you could keep your plan. Well, the president lies about everything. He's lied 15 times since I started recording this podcast and I'm trying to keep it tight. I mean, give me a break. Just keep telling them now. The question is, are you better off now? Don't tell me what it was like in February. February doesn't count. November counts. It's November that counts, America. I love you. 
I love this audience. You guys have been great to me. This has been fantastic. We keep growing. Keep telling your friends. Follow me on Twitter at Christopher Hahn. I'm doing a lot of other media. Uh, two radio shows, one syndicated, one uh, broadcast out of New York that you could listen to on an app if you're not in New York or online. Uh, and I'm everywhere. So just go to at Christopher on, on Twitter. I'm not allowed to announce what I'm doing in New York yet, even though I'm doing it on the public airwaves, but there will be a press release soon. Um, so I love you. Thanks for listening. And I got to remind you as always to seek the truth, question everything and everyone, America, even me, but especially Donald Trump and especially your friends that think you should get a medal for where the economy was in February. Seek the truth. I know it's out there, and I know you'll find it if you look for it. And I'll be back here again next week to tell you the truth as I see it. I'm Chris Hahn. Thanks for listening to the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. <laughs> 